0: Over there. Count the money, Deacon Chili. <laughs> I ain't too long. I ain't uh, all right, time. that's enough of that. We we've got it. We've got to get to some serious conversation here. You know, people tune in to the Three O Seven podcast for serious topics. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do they really? Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also ones that tune in for the non-serious well yeah that's well, we maybe so well we and we kind of do it but yeah we we, we we try to give you guys a little bit of something serious to to yeah. um, think about and to implement and we also like to talk about uh chili's perspective on jury duty what's your perspective on jury duty
1: well it goes back to the whole discussion on civic duty that,
0: that's everybody's argument for it Is it's your civic duty
1: I don't buy it I don't buy it either I don't buy it either Enough said <laughs> That's all I got to say I don't freaking buy it <laughs> It's a dang Good n- talk <laughs> <laughs> It's a myth <laughs> How about if you commit a crime
0: Against me or my business I let you have a little piece Of that 10 millimeter <laughs> That'd take care of my civic duty Wouldn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah i mean you know what i'm saying yeah i agree i don't freaking believe in civic duty <laughs> yeah
0: well, well I, I don't got, have much to say about it because i've not been selected we've got two savages in here one of them's a gimp uh and then we've got two normal humans in here what's going on Kristen blake not much. Krista, got- pull that mic up. Pony up on that <laughs> mic, son. Don't act like you ain't done this before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me a gimp.
2: Y'all you ain't called gonna-
1: yourself a gimp. Well, you know what? You're just mad because I didn't run with you yesterday. I can see it. I understand. <laughs> and you just got your freaking. You can call that training. It's slow as crap. Don't even count. That wouldn't have got my heart rate up.
0: Y'all ain't going to get too far out of line today. I've got some backup in here. <laughs> no,
1: I ain't planning on getting out of line. I just got to get it out of the way. He's oh, yeah. going, he's, you know, I'm getting ahead of it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I told y'all, man, Uh, this civic duty thing, here's the thing. I, I don't, I, I ain't going to jury duty. Just ain't doing it. No. I ain't paying these personal property taxes that you keep sending me, Virginia. Keep sending them. Go ahead. I ain't paying them. You're not going to charge me. To pay for a car that I, you're not gonna, I'm not giving you money for a car that I own when I lived in your state three years ago. I ain't getting license plates either. If you want, if you want to send me a license plate, I'll put it on my car. Other than that, I ain't giving you my money for your license plate.
1: Well, I almost got a ticket this morning. <laughs>
0: God. Man, I freaking Well, you're, you got, you got license plates, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man, I came to this four-way intersection, just freaking busted through a stop sign, back came off the road because I was going about 20 over, and this cop just pulls out. And I see him behind me, and I went, ah, crap. (laughs) And then he don't turn his lights on, but he just speeds up real fast, gets behind me, and I look back, I look at him through my rearview mirror. I see him. He looks serious. I gave him a serious look, too. And, uh... Just <laughs> kept driving. That's probably why he didn't pull he didn't, you over.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he, he probably recognized you because you're famous.
0: Yeah, yeah. He Mega probably said, he probably knew about that birthday pre- or that uh, Christmas <laughs> present you That's got it. this year, son. Yeah, he said, "Gosh, dad <laughs> I don't want to pull this joker over." So,
1: so this this feller he he followed me for eight miles. Wow, and uh, didn't and, and and just was getting real close. He was stayed on me. I was kind of. You know, speeding up and backing off, speed You know, swerving in the road. Just I wanted it. I wanted him to do it. I, I wanted to talk to him. I like talking to people. You know, but he never pulled me over. He just he followed me for eight miles. I was getting into another county, and he just stopped, turned around in the road, and went back the other way.
0: He must have knew you were a good guy. Mm hmm. Um, well, I think he ran my. I like police man. I like police. They got a they got a tough job. Police mm-hmm. got the toughest job on earth, in my opinion. They got a lot of pressure on them, man. I'm thankful that somebody will do that job. Yeah, no more <laughs> than they'll pay them out out on this this side of the country. Good gosh, I'd rather deploy to the biggest crap hole in Africa than have to work the streets of New York City or mm-hmm. L.A. or something like that. Be yeah. safer. Um, I, I do want to compliment Chili <laughs> on his improvement. At CrossFit, the power cleans, look, look, I mean, he's it's clear he's been practicing at home. Brooke they, just, they look pretty Brooke good. just texted me and said, look at my story of Chili. Oh, so man. I don't even, there's no telling what's on Instagram right now. Well, yeah, I, know, I was man.
1: partnered up with Brooke and Kelly over there. Well, he
0: can't run anymore. Why did yes, you, why'd s- he bail on you? On the, he got nervous, man. He got went nervous. He came pushing an assault bike across the gym, and he got down there, and there was no monitor on it. It just had wires <laughs> hanging out oh, of the top okay. of it.
1: I said, "What, Chili? Are you missing the monitor on that?" thing. Yeah, I went back, and Jeff goes, "Start the workout." <laughs> so I, I mean, too late now. Jumped on it. No, I my power <laughs> cleans, man. I ain't done that one time. It was Jeff's instruction. They got better. Yeah, you was was you up to forty five
0: pounds or? Your form looked good. 65. 65? Yeah. Yeah, it looked good. Huh. Yeah, well, I mean, he can't run right now. Yes, so I can. Might Don't well get say good that. At something.
1: I ran yesterday. I just didn't run with you.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I was running on Monday, and I felt this you know, I felt that little flame welling up within my gut.
1: I've been having that.
0: That. You're late to the party. Uh, I, you know, you, that thing can't just rage all the time. Uh, but I just started; it just kind of just welled up within me, and I just got felt like I'm ready to take some people's souls, son. And you got your wood prepped already, ready to yeah. start building it up a little bit bigger, don't you? Oh, I, I I let that thing burn down, you know, a little bit in the off season just keep hot coals. Yeah, I'd just keep some coals in there uh because I can't walk around like that all the time. I'd
1: wind up like him. <laughs> I wind up like chili. Hey. Hey, I ain't raced in about a year and a half. Okay? No, I, you have to race. Not not race, right? Not not what I call race. I've okay. went to a race. No, I haven't raced in a year and a half. And let me tell you something. When I do, freaking hell is coming with me. So you <laughs> I ain't playing around when I do race again, so you'll know, huh?
0: Well, you you just need to take it easy right now, cause no, I don't. You've got
1: that. Darn I ain't lamp. taking it easy. <laughs> I do have a limp. My knees buckling. It did it with the last time we ran together. You said, I know no, you I told
0: me about it. I yeah. I, I didn't see it. Um, well,
1: you you well, you know why you didn't see it? Did y'all hold on?
0: Oh, don't even start with me. Did, did y'all did y'all see? I came up with the new human standard. The the new standard for humanity Where'd you do for running or? on Instagram. Oh um, the, the standard for humanity is the, the elementary school standard. Every human should be able to run at least one mile. Every human should be able to run one mile. You humanity, especially here in the South, has traded their ability to run the most simplistic, primal human mode of travel. They have sacrificed it on the altar of Bojangles.
1: Mm.
0: So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you guys, humanity. I know all of humanity listens to this podcast. I'm holding you to the elementary school standard of one mile. If you can't run a mile, I heard a lady one time ask Chili, said, Chili, can everyone run? Chili said, well, no, some people don't have legs. That is the correct answer. I've heard every excuse in the book. My feet hurt, my knees hurt, my back hurts, my neck hurt. I've heard every excuse. Of course your dang feet, knees, and back and all that. Mine hurt too. My knees and feet and everything hurts too, right? And if you're carrying around a 50-pound rucksack of fat, day after day after day, guess what? You're dang right your knees hurt. (coughs) If you are not who you want to be, start the process today because this is the way fitness works. Fitness is difficult and it's miserable for some people right there at the beginning. That's because your body is freaking weak. The more you pursue this thing that is running or fitness, the easier and more enjoyable it becomes, right? The physical challenge decreases as your body becomes less weak and your mind becomes less weak. Your body's sending these signals, your weak body sending these signals to your weak mind, and they're working together to defeat you. Freaking shut Bojangles down! Every time I go to the to town in a, on a Saturday morning, there is a line out the front of Bojangles that's backing traffic up. <laughs> you guys are a road. bunch of freaking turds, man!
2: Bojangles if you eat is good. At
0: Bo- I don't know. Hey, it's bow time. <laughs> if you eat at Bojangles, you're a turd.
1: <laughs> Bojangles is good, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good for destroying the construct of our daggone society here. Have you not seen them dip their paintbrush in the liquid butter as they brush it over the top of them
1: fresh out of the oven biscuits, son? You ever had a bow rail? That'll freaking change your tune right there, son. <laughs> <laughs> or a bow berry biscuit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna catch chili down there at that, what's that, the gravy boat down there yep. one morning, son. He already hits the biscuit box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I'll give you this. If you want to eat Bojangles, go and do... a Go and look. The only time I would eat Bojangles is if I just finished a freaking hundred mile race or something. Mm-hmm. Then I might get me a Bojangles biscuit. Probably wouldn't even then, cause it just make me feel even worse than I feel in the meantime. You know why you feel like crap? Cause you eat like crap. That's why you feel like crap. Do you understand? If I go out here and and and, and dump some some nasty dirty fuel in my vehicle it ain't gonna run right <sighs> what do you think Kristen I see you at the Bojangles all the time okay. and you're pretty fit
2: <laughs> <laughs> you may need to explain to some of the listeners what Bojangles is you know cause yeah. we have listeners well, all over the place
0: what are you here
1: for Krista tell them what Bojangles is
2: <laughs> uh well I don't eat there so I don't know
1: uh, uh, t- fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what Bo Jingles is. <laughs> uh,
2: what are Bo Rounds, Chili?
1: Well, these fried potatoes are delicious. How about the Bowberry biscuit? Mm-hmm. What's the Bowberry biscuit? Blueberry biscuit with just drizzle on top. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I want one now, man. It's like a cinnamon roll uh, biscuit.
0: Mm-hmm. Blueberry. Good. Gosh, man, you guys are making me sick.
2: Making you hungry, aren't we? No. We got
1: that good smoothie bowl today, though. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that thing? That was good. Yeah. You can get dirty rice, Look, pinto beans, I was, fried chicken.
0: <laughs> I was at that light off of uh, right there in front of that new Texas roadhouse in town the other day. And I was watching the folks that come in and out of there. And I realized every patron that came in and out of there was either fat or old every single one the old people that were the the old people were skinny because they are old and they used to work right the the younger people were all fat the old people were too old and, to do anything the fat people the young people were too fat to do anything so they
1: just said hey you want to go get some roadhouse <laughs> c- can't neither one of us do nothing so there wasn't nobody that was fat and old you no, were just either old, people, old or fat yeah the old okay.
0: people are generally skinny because they actually you know they came up back when they were young and stuff they
1: didn't have freaking
0: bojangles man mm. they were eating out of the garden and stuff right so well, they're they're
1: pretty skinny well texas roadhouse man you can go in there and just get you a, a steak
0: that's what the old skinny people did. Yeah, the fat ones got some fried chicken. <laughs> uh, what do they call those things? Those fried um, cube steak looking things? They used to have those at Texas Roadhouse. Country fried country steak. Fried country steak. fried steak. Yep,
2: that's it. <clears throat> so why why do you think people choose to eat that way, and why do you think you're different? So because it's fun, you know, funny to shame people and all that. But seriously, like, why why do you think people eat like that that way? Do you I, think they just? It's what they grew up with. It's they don't know any different. It's habit. It's easy, convenient. Like, what do you think?
0: It it is a mixture of many different things. I think even mental th- like depression and stuff, can even play into oh, yeah. that, and to play and can play into obesity. I actually know it can. Look, I'm not judging you if you're fat. I'm judging you if you're fat and happy. That's what I'm judging you on. Like. I understand. There are cultural, mental, uh, emotional, financial. Things. Uh, you, you can't you can't hit me with that. You can't you can't hit me with that. I could because I'm I'm here to tell you, you you can go to the freaking grocery store and get some decent groceries. For the same amount of money, you're paying for that junk food you're eating. You hadn't you hadn't had a family where you're having to buy groceries for it. You go buy good food for your whole family, mm-hmm. and you can't afford it like you can buy junk food. I ain't saying you got to buy a bunch of organic stuff. I'm saying buy good food. All right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I mean, you could probably buy better food, but and I and I'll tell you, there is an addiction aspect to this nasty food too, and a lot of people are stuck into that. When you transition from your nasty food to good food, when you say, oh, crap, I'm going to eat an apple with some peanut butter this evening instead of my ice cream, it's going to suck because you're addicted to that food you've been eating. Mm -hmm. All right?
2: I do think that's true. I think we develop cravings, and our body craves things for reasons, you know? And a lot of times, the foundation of that, the heart of that is good. Like, your body really is craving something. It needs energy. It needs, you know, carbohydrates, whatever um, sugars, but, but, um, I think one of the times, often when I find myself headed in a direction where like, man, I need to clean up my diet a little bit. One of the first things I think is I need to change my cravings. And I know that that, that takes work. And it's kind of like, kind of like when I run, I hate the starting of it because I know those first few miles are going to be really hard. And if I can just get past those first few miles and settle in, then, then I'm fine. I can keep going. But um, I think sometimes when I think about changing my cravings, it's like that. I know that beginning stage is going to be hard because my body's been craving certain things. Like when I feel tired, like I get off work and I'm driving home and, you know, I just I want to just zip in Chick-fil-A's drive, drive through and just get something really quick because I know it'll just make me feel better really fast. And and then if I do that a couple times in a row, I start to develop a habit and crave that, you know, it's mm-hmm. just instead then it becomes instinctual. And I have to work myself out of that craving. And when I start changing, like eating the peanut butter and apples or whatever, then I develop new cravings. Um, And then that's what I start craving. And then when I think about eating those other things, it doesn't appeal to me anymore because I've changed those cravings. And so Mm. I think that that initial phase of changing cravings um, and how your body's handling that can be an important step in that. But it's, it's hard to get through that hard to get through that so. yeah
0: it's a slow process and, yeah. and pick one thing oh yeah to change to, to mm-hmm. start pick one meal to change all right
1: well and i'll say too someone has asked me before basically w- one time i had i'll just say it like this i hadn't had a, a coke in six years i think five years and one time in 2020 after a race I was just messed up, and I was, and there was a coke there, and I said, "Oh yeah, give me that," and I drank it, and someone was like, "Oh man, I bet that was nasty, you know, because you haven't had one in six years," and I was like, "That was delicious." Yeah. I was like, "No, it's good, man." Like on the uh, on the flip side of what you were saying, Krista, it's like no, that stuff you can fall right. It it still tastes good, but like you just have to be disciplined with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, I hadn't had one since. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the stuff, the stuff that that you might crave like that n- never quits tasting good to you. No. Like, it's not going to stop. It, it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, once you start eating healthy, it's not going to make that stuff not taste good anymore. Mm. It just makes it easier to not well, fall into it, like what she was saying.
0: It always tastes good because it's pandering to your body's survival mechanism. Yeah.
2: Fat, salt, and sugar. I yeah, mean, you, yeah. Need,
1: you need fat, salt, and, and sugar.
2: Well, and that's the thing is, like, you got to get underneath it. Like, what is it about this food that... I am craving mm-hmm. what is my body saying it needs and mm-hmm. it wants, and try to find those things from other sources cleaner sources, healthier sources. You know,
0: think about so. if we were living out here in these bushes, where would you get something sweet from? You'd have to, honey, you would have to rob a bee's nest. That's about the only sweet option you got. Right. Swamp fruit
1: or <laughs> they persimmon, don't, they don't know about that. Uh, some, persimmon. some berries. Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe a blackberry but every now and then. you ain't going to get in. many of them. You ain't going to get many. And then one time a year. So this is this is the thing. Yeah, your body has this survival mechanism, which is why you crave all this nasty food. But we're in this weird place where now we have 24-7 access to all these that's things it. your body mm-hmm. craves. And yeah. that's what's causing this <clears throat> perpetual obesity. And, you know, man, dude, I get fired up on obese. I get fired up on obesity, man. I'm telling you, it's causing more problems in society than you realize. That's why I get so fired up about it. What's even worse than the obesity is the addiction to it, because just because the that eating that food doesn't make you fat, it it's still just as bad that you're eating it all the time because of the addiction to the food, and obesity is the next layer. the The foundational problem is the addiction to the sugar, the salt, or whatever and obesity just affects some people get fat because they're not doing it but i don't think because you're active running and maybe some people's metabolisms are high that's not an excuse to be able to go out and eat like crap and be addicted to sugars and whatever mm-hmm. else right freedom is not an excuse to live your life however you want to live it uh that's a good point, Blake. Thanks for serving that salad. Krista, um, <laughs> I know you're ready to change topics. I, I just decided um, I'm buying Krista one of those $400 mics. Are you? Yep. Which one? The the nice one oh, that yeah. we looked at, Chili.
2: Am I not speaking loud enough?
0: You're a little quieter than I am.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, you can turn there her might mic up, There may be other son. reasons for that. Yeah, I'm going to get her one of those $400 mics. She's going to be coming through that thing booming, son. <laughs> well... All right, for all now, all you skinny people, um, I've got, I've got a bone to pick with y'all too. You ain't picking it with me. I huh?
1: ain't skinny. Look, <laughs> me neither. I gained ten pounds. I, I want to talk about something
0: because because this really hit with some people the other day. I want to talk about skills. I want to talk about skills and what skills are. And, and how we, how some people may be confused thinking that they have skills when in all reality, they don't have any skill. They just have an ability, an increased ability to maybe uh, execute a skill if they learned a skill. Now, where this conversation came from, All of our training that we run at the proving grounds, at the basic course, at advanced missions, all the training that we run, we teach intentionally specific skills. Right, specific skills. There are so many conferences and things that you can go to where you sit around and listen to people talk and you, 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 you get all this motivation and maybe you have a little fitness challenge and this stuff, but you're not walking away with a legitimate skill that can be brought to the table, a skill that can be brought to bear in order to make yourself valuable. A skill to me, I'll name I'll name some skills that have served me well. I think teaching is a skill. Coach Krista is I keep calling her Coach Krista on here. Krista is a teacher. I am a teacher. I think learning how to teach is a valuable skill. I think learning how to shoot a weapon, a firearm, is a valuable skill. Hunting is a valuable skill. Learning how to, knowing how to grow food or process food, that is a valuable skill. We could go on and on and on with this, right? Now, we teach skills intentionally because skills do a few things. Um a skill makes you valuable as a human. A skill actually gives you an increased level of security in life, depending on the skill. Just the fact that you become more valuable through the learning of a skill, that is going to make you more secure. Now, there are certain skills that you can learn, such as shooting and stuff like that, that actually increase your ability to... To be secure. Now, there's no absolute security in life. I mean, I think capability is. But skills make you more capable. Make you more capable, but then that in turn actually does give you a safer environment or allows you to enhance the, the security of whatever environment you're in, certain skills. Skills can never be taken or stolen from you. When you learn them, you possess them forever. They can never be stolen from you. Skills in my opinion are actually in my little brain the way I understand economy, right? Skills are actually the only thing that we can possess as humans that have true value. My the way the only way I can perceive a real economy is, hey, you have you have cows, I need milk, and I like to eat a steak every now and then. Well, I can protect your cows because I'm good at shooting weapons and I have that equipment and I have that skill. Will you trade me some of your resources produced by your skill for the skill that I can offer? That's how economy works. In my mind. It still works that way today. It's just on a different level. Yeah. We just have this middle thing called money that we've all agreed that it has value, but it has no actual value. The skill is what is valuable. Well, people have a skill like a lawyer and you say, hey, I need a lawyer, but I don't have not enough people have skills or maybe the lawyer doesn't need that skill. So then something else has to be given to compensate for the time. It's the same thing. Just use that. When you don't have a skill, or when they, when you need their service, but they don't need yours.
1: Yep. What
0: back if in, that man didn't need
1: back in middle protection? school finance?
0: What if that man didn't need protection? But then I better have another you, skill to bring to bear. Yeah. To make myself valuable. That's what you can't pigeonhole yourself in one skill, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I've spent my entire life accruing and learning skill sets. I can jump out of a freaking airplane. I can jump out of a helicopter. I can shoot. I can communicate. I can teach. I can do all the, I have all these skills. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion though. I think that people think that fitness is a skill. People put so much emphasis on fitness. They spend, a and rightfully so, right? I would make the argument, I think Krista will argue with me, I would make the argument that fitness is not a skill. The way that I view my fitness, my fitness and the reason I spend so much time on it is because it enhances my ability to actually perform the skill that I know how to do.
1: Well, like, you could say fitness itself isn't a skill i agree with you but swimming is a skill running is a skill uh, if you're a lifeguard well i mean it's a skill there like, you, you mean well i'm not saying it's it necessarily everybody you know but like it is a skill I mean, well, yeah. Look at me fitness, swim. No, no. Yeah. What,
0: what if a guy said, I'm "I need you sp- to unload all my feed sacks and put them up in the building"? Then your fitness at that—it's just a less valuable. It's not as uh, diverse. No, right? I don't
1: really think fitness itself is a skill. That's a broad term, but I think like swimming is a skill there
0: well, are te- i think there are techniques yeah. within that category of fitness but i would not classify any of them as a skill uh-huh. i can't tell somebody hey you need to so- you, you you're you know you need me to protect your your garden and your cows let me swim laps around your freaking pond out mm-hmm. there
1: you could say hey i need you to go get this for me that's Separate the only thing in between us is a big body of water, and I need someone. And someone who doesn't have the skill of swimming ain't gonna be able to go get it. But if you can, you can go get it. I mean, uh, I
0: think I think I would say technique, yeah,
1: whatever to me. Fitness isn't a skill, but there's a lot of st- at its simplest form. A guy's not gonna say, Here's a steak, will you swim for me? I'm not. It's what I'm at saying. its
0: simplest dude, form. It,
1: that doesn't mean it's not, it's not a skill. You're just saying it's not a skill that may ever matter. It's it's a dude. It's a matter of I'm what talking you about,
0: define as skill, really. Yeah.
1: Now, I think
0: that there are a lot of skills that people possess right now that are valuable only because of the construct of society. I think that there, well, history tells me that there will be a time where a lot of these arbitrary skills that people possess will go out the window, right? I think that it is very essential for everyone to have some of those base level skills in place that serve community on a... On a more of a primalistic or a primal level, yeah. right? So if you're if you're skilled at creating a website, I would challenge you to also learn a skill that if that internet goes away, you have something else to fall back on that will make you valuable to your community because community is never going to go away. There we're always going to live in community and when those when when the technology or the 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 uh, the stock market or whenever that stuff goes away right we're still going to be in community but we're going to need different skills than we spend a lot of time building right now
1: back to what you said at the beginning everyone better have the skill of running
0: the technique <laughs> the it's technique. even uh, it's even like aside from the tech technical technological stuff Techno- Once, <laughs> Once things go downhill, nobody's going to care if their grass is cut or not. If you got the skill of cutting grass and you're out here and you think, well, that's a good tangible skill, it's not. When the economy goes down, nobody cares if their grass is cut. Yeah. So, what are some of the, what are some of those? So it's not just in this technological yeah realm. Well, what what are what are some of those basic skills that you think we we can we could focus on? That maybe somebody could pick one to learn that ultimately when um, I said on my post the other day, America's not going America as it is is not going to make it. I didn't say America's not gonna make it, just as we know it, right? It's not gonna make it. We're we're just freaking it's it's haywire. So don't 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 think I'm saying that the country's going away. I'm saying as it is, it's not gonna work much longer. So, if we had to fall back on that, what are some baseline skills that would make people valuable? Think of if we were, we had to create our own little community. What are things you would want? Well, it's just the, at that point, it's just the things you need to survive. You need protection, you need food, you need water, and you need shelter. So, can you build? Oh, I love that. Building, Mm -hmm. learning how to build. That's a really good skill to learn. Yeah, how to have your garden, cook, preserve food. Shoot guns that's really good, yeah, I mean, I think at its simplest form that's the most important stuff.
2: Yeah, I think if you stripped everything away um, <clears throat> that, that that would be the foundation right there. It would be how to grow food, how to preserve it, um, you know, back to the basics, just like that. Um, but I think I think at the heart of all of it, um, and this is getting away from your question a little bit is dang it crystal. <laughs> <laughs> is uh like what's even underneath that like because like you said the economy changes society changes so certain things are valuable like right now I feel lost because you know my kids are grown up in a technological world and man like it's just intuitive to them some of the things that they do and the skills that they have like they just take it for granted they just have grown up acquiring these skills and honing them and I feel lost and so I don't have much to value in that area but I have things to offer in other areas, and but like you said, that can shift. So, I think one of the the things to focus on is is are you the type of person? No matter what your age or station of life or situation, are you adaptable? Are you are you open to learning new things? Are you going to live in fear and not allow yourself to change and acquire things? Like you said people who are good at computers and can create websites, hey, learn these other skills, but the other way too. Like I think that um, we also have to survive in the economy that we are in Mm -hmm. and the society we are in. So for me, getting outside of my box, it's important for me to be willing to acquire new skills in areas that may not be strengths of mine, may not be things I grew up doing and and may be uncomfortable. So um, I think at the heart of even – skills is a mentality of um willingness to learn, adaptability and things like that.
0: I love that. So, I love that. And and to your point, Krista, I think it should we should challenge ourselves to build a skill set on both those levels, right? Mm-hmm. In the current the current culture, the current economy, a skill that can serve us there. Like pod, I don't know if podcasting would be a skill. I guess it would. Podcasting's
1: a skill and running ain't.
0: <laughs> okay, Dang, you need to get man. this message out. Okay, <laughs> like okay, we'll go back to the website thing, like creating websites or being a lawyer or something <laughs> like that, right? But also, we should all challenge ourselves to have that uh, that subset of skills mm-hmm. that we can fall back on in case we need to, mm-hmm. right? To to make ourselves valuable within a community. <sighs> okay. Where all this, where this thought process for me came from was the other day, Uh, we were, you know, we launched the Proving Grounds for April, for Troop. And we teach a lot of baseline skill sets there. Land navigation is a valuable skill. It has served me well around the world. Learning how to read a map and use a compass to have situational awareness uh, about where you are on the ground. This is a, one of those baseline skills that we haven't mentioned yet: land navigation. Now, is it as valuable as learning how to grow food? You could, but you could debate that. Probably not. But it is a baseline skill that can serve us not just in the collapse of the world, but it can serve you day to day. Right? We teach that. We teach. Um, we teach some shooting stuff. We teach some defense stuff. We. Um, we teach a ton of skills. We teach medical. That's another one that we've missed. There's a baseline skill, medical knowledge, mm-hmm. right? We teach that. We teach all these skills there, and we're looking at this um, this course, and we're and we're like, why is this course not filling up? Like this course should fill up like the day it launches. It's it's literally the best training out there. I stand on that. I know it's the best training out there because it's the exact same stuff that we were taught and that we learned in the SEAL teams. And that that we're the we're the top. So like I'm teaching these we are teaching these exact same skill sets at the same level, using literally the exact same slides. <laughs> and yeah. so you can't like I can't look, I, I'm not looking at myself and my team. And being like, well, I guess this isn't filling up because I'm because the product's not good enough. Like, I need to make the product better. No, the product can't. The product it's it is not going to get any better. It is the best. We can make little tweaks here and there to make you know minor improvements, but in terms of the skills that you learn, it is the best instruction that you'll receive. And so, Blake says, you know, man. We really got to work hard. We need to, we need to, you know, push to fill this course up. Cause, you know, it, it doesn't look good on us if we don't fill a course up. And I got to thinking about that and it pissed me off. And I still stand on that, by the way. I'm going to tell you, it, it ticked me off. Because I, I got to sitting around and got to stewing. And I thought, you know what? You know who? You know what? Oh, I don't even know where to start with this. Um I have literally dedicated my life to teaching you. These Skills that will make you valuable. I trained four women on the range the other day for five straight hours in the freezing cold. I did too. Do you think I did that because I like shooting? I don't like shooting. Do you think I did that because I needed the money? I don't need the money. I did that because this is what I've dedicated my freaking life to to training people who are hungry to become more valuable human beings. And I got to thinking, 10,000 people will listen to this in the next 30 days. 10,000 people. Plus or minus, who knows, this thing may go viral. And, And you know who it looks bad on? It looks bad on you guys that are listening. You know what you're telling me? You, you people that listen to this, I love you, by the way. I love you. I'm picking a bone with you. You know what you're telling bone me? bone from Bojangles. I'll pick a lot of bones these days. You're telling me that you don't value yourself enough to invest in yourself and learn skills that are going to make you better and more effective in life. That's what it tells me. That is what it tells me. I wanna remind you of something today. Your wealth is not a skill. Um, your status is not a skill. All these things, and there are probably multiple layers of reasons why people don't want to train. I think right now there's some there's some things going on and people are saying, well, the the stock market's not gonna do good this year and the economy's doing this. I think this is playing into it. People are clinging to their wealth, right? If that stock market crashes, your wealth ain't worth jack. That's what I'm saying. It has arbitrary value. There's no value. You're clinging to that. It is not a skill. Um and that's where I'm at with that. It, it don't look bad on me. I'm here. I'm, I am going to give you the best that I can give you every time I show up. I'm going to pour myself out, and so are my team members. We're, we all are committed to doing that. And look, there's a bunch of other things that I can go do. Because guess what? I got a lot of skills. I got a lot of options because I have a lot of skills. And if it ever gets to a point that you guys don't want to freaking get better, that you guys don't want to learn, you guys are gonna show me that because I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put these opportunities out for you, and you're gonna show me that you don't want to do it. Well, guess what? I'll find something else to do. That's cool with me. But that comment from blake freaking pissed me off man and and i just I, and i just want to put that out there to you guys and, and look i'm a nice i'm a nice gun <laughs> i'm a nice guy that's another skill right there but, but you think so but i cannot stand people that all they want to do is watch a freaking youtube video or make a comment on an instagram And think that they got it all figured out and they're ready to go on count of that.
2: I will say that I was thinking when you're talking about skills, there is a difference between knowledge and skill. And, you know, people can be really smart and be book smart and have a lot of knowledge about something. I could read about medical stuff and have some knowledge about medical stuff. But it's very different to go through training and get experience and um, really act out that knowledge. And so I do think that that is a difference. Um, skill involves knowledge, but not all knowledge is skill. And so you can stop short and think you have something that you don't just because you have knowledge of something. And so, you know, Chile going through the training to what was your, your uh, wilderness training? first responder. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's different. I could read the same books. I could look online. I could watch a YouTube video on that, but to do what he did and get the experience and the practice and, you know, um, put those hours in, that's how you develop skill by doing. And so I do think that's something different um, that can be gained through like the Proving Grounds and the basic course is you actually are doing it and acting it out. And that's how you really acquire skill. Like I could read about gardening, but if I never had my own garden and, and followed the seasons and and really got my hands dirty, I wouldn't really know how to garden. You know,
0: so. that's so true. And <laughs> we, that's the, that's the, that's the prog, that's just like at the Proving Grounds, the, the, the whole land have class. That's mm-hmm. like a three hour long class. Mm-hmm. That's you gaining the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't possess the skill until the next day.
2: And boy, is that experience different? Hmm. Cause somebody can, everybody can sit in that class and be like, yeah, yeah, I understand this. And then when you put in real time, you, you see that they don't, you know? Yeah.
0: So. I, I want to tell a story, but I'm going to hit the head real quick. Go ahead. Tell your story. No. I, what do I need to be in here? No, but I uh, just go ahead, I'll tell it. I'm gonna tell a story, but uh I am gonna say I I do what I gotta do in order to get hit Don't Chad, take me off. To hit Chad in the spots that's gonna get him to do the things he needs to to, you know, make things make things happen, right? But going back to what you were saying about you have to do it, we were on a basic course one time and a guy Chad was teaching fire starting and the guy said, you know, I this is cool. I'm, I'm glad you're teaching this. Uh, but I'm looking forward to these other parts of the course because I didn't make this big investment to come here and learn fire starting when I can just watch a YouTube video and, and and do that. And then so the next day, they were starting the fire. And so he was the one that went over there to try to start it, and he couldn't start it. Mm-hmm. After we had just taught him the day before, he couldn't start it. Mm-hmm. And that just goes back to what you said about mm-hmm. you got to – you got to actually try it just i mean you could you could learn the skills in a conference room but if you don't get a chance to practice them Mm -hmm. then you're not going to acquire them like someone can teach it to you Mm -hmm. but i was telling the story since you were out about the guy that said he didn't uh, make the big investment in the basic course to learn how to start a fire because he could learn that on youtube oh yeah that was hilarious (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um
1: you also didn't address him being ticked off at you.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... Well,
1: I mean, I just have to say, I think it, I'd just be remiss to not say it, that I agree with you. That's going to really tick him off. I mean, but,
0: I, I still stand by it, but...
1: Well, I agree with what, what you I were said. saying, that how you just went on that rant there, I mean, think about it. Like, it's on them. Well, what if they got training somewhere else?
0: That That's or, great!
1: Yeah, that's I mean... Great. Uh, you know, because like you can't, you don't know what everybody did, or like, no, no, I, mean, I, I
0: know, I do know what most people are doing. No, I do know what most people are doing.
1: Well, I'm sure they're freaking
0: but, sitting at home. Well, they're freaking sitting at home watching YouTube, thinking you. they're thinking they're good to go. I, I know that's what my. And, and let me tell you what a lot what a lot of people are also doing. They're thinking, well, you know what? Everything's safe, sound, and secure right now. I see that things might get bad here pretty soon. I see that there's a potential for things to get bad. We're headed on that direction, boy. If you don't know, we're headed to a bad spot. You need to wake up and look around you because we are headed to a bad place, and, and, and it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going that way. And, and and here's the thing. When it gets there, oh, a bunch of you guys are thinking, well, when it gets there, then I'll learn what I need to do to, to, to make myself valuable. No, you won't. Because they, when it gets there, there ain't going to be nobody around to teach you. Because the people that know how to do the things that, that need to be done are going to be too busy doing those things in order to survive to stop and teach you how to do it. And and let me tell you, you come up to my little spot that I got and, and, and it's and it's bad enough that we're having to lean on each other. Uh, you come up to my spot, and, and unless you're bringing something to the table right in the door, unless you're bringing us, you ain't coming in, son. Ain't nobody going to be around to teach you. A lot of y'all thinking that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Y'all in tune. Look, I don't hold nothing back on here, man. I'm telling, I'm telling you how it is. Yeah, lay it down. Y'all think, lay it
1: down, Bullwinkle. Um, (laughs) Reverend Chad. I
0: I want We've got about, we've got about ten more minutes here. I'm on. I'm going to talk about one more thing. I think y'all all all know. I think y'all know where I stand on. Son, we have pulled the pin. It's like you turn the air compressor off and you pull the (laughs) pin and it goes. You let all the other air out, son, he's getting it. I'm going to talk about one more thing. You know, I'm thinking through this in my head right now. The ability to make decisions. I'm going to talk about this. This was an epiphany in my life. This was one of the most tremendous mindset shifts that I ever had in my life. As a young man in the SEAL teams, I was faced daily with many problems that needed to be solved. And as a young man in the SEAL teams, I was not in a leadership, since all y'all like that freaking word, I was not in a leadership position. I thought when problems presented themselves or opportunities presented themselves, I was in a mindset that I needed to look to my leader to solve that problem or to seize that opportunity. I've been there. Okay, is this making sense? Okay. Now, I, I came to an epiphany one day when I was out as a SEAL and a decision needed to be made. I came to an epiphany that I have the authority to make a decision... I actually should make a decision or seize an opportunity. I have the authority. I have been given the authority to do that thing without having to rely on my leader to give me the okay. This was such a mindset shift to me. And what I realized is that even if you're in a leadership, you're looking at people that are in a leadership position or or maybe people that are further along the road than you, right? And those people do possess more uh, experience. They have more experience, right? But when new problems or new opportunities present themselves, that leader, nine times out of 10, doesn't know how to how to solve that problem doesn't know what it's going to look like to seize that opportunity the difference between them and you is they just decide to attack it that's the difference so understand this in your own job in if you're in a, if you're an employee if you're a team member if you're Uh, If you're a husband, a wife, if you're part of anything, understand this. When those problems present themselves, those opportunities present themselves, seize them. and, And just there's no secret other than figuring it out and working through it. Your leader that is doing that or the person you're looking to that's doing that, they are not starting from some place way ahead of you they are just simply doing the things that you also possess the ability to do and that's what's moving everything forward Mm -hmm. this was crazy to me man when, when i realized this because you go from thinking Man, this person that I look up to has it all figured out. Of course I'm going to let them make all the decisions. Of course I'm going to let them solve all the problems. Of course I'm going to let them seize all the opportunities because they hey, they have it all figured out. They 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 have the process figured out. That's a lie. They don't. I think to nobody re- does. To get to the point to realize that like if it's in business or relationship, the problem will always be solved by someone else if you let it. If you're part of a business, someone else is always going to solve because the business has to function. But I think to really learn the lesson, you almost have to be put in a, like I know for you was essentially life and death situation, and I learned it to a degree, policing, when I realized, hey, if I don't pull my gun on this guy, he might have a gun or he might not, or if I don't stop this guy, he might kill. Like For me, I'm the only one in the car, and there's no other police around to see this, and I have to do it to possibly prevent death right and so in life it's hard to learn that lesson because in business and a lot of times in a marriage or relationship if the problem's there and someone just yields to someone else's authority it will always get solved because the whatever you're a part of generally has to continue on and i mean i guess if if someone said it. you don't do this. This thing's going down. This ship's sinking. And and you might could learn it that way. But it is really a hard lesson to learn. I was doing that I, as a as a young team guy. I was doing that the same the same thing when we would be out. I I knew somebody one of my guys would solve the problem mm-hmm. whatever the problem was that presented itself. I knew just like you said because we weren't going to let the ship sink. Cause then we would all die. Mm-hmm. So I had confidence that somebody was gonna solve the problem. Well, I was just being a liability at that point. Yeah. Right. And the problem always got solved, but it got solved by people that just simply decided to move forward. It's like when you're in class and the teacher asks a question and everyone looks looks down. You know some you know someone's gonna get called on or someone's gonna raise their hand and you're just hoping it's not you. You know, that that's where a lot of people are at. But the one who raises his hand or whatever, that's the, I mean, I think that's that's what we're getting at here. And I think a lot of people can think also that, well, I don't know the right decision to make. So if I, maybe not making a decision is better than making the wrong decision. I think a lot of people can think that, but it's just the opposite. I think the man that the man that acts wrongly and has a reasonable explanation for why they acted that way, but picks the wrong decision is better than the one who just sits there and doesn't act. I have well, to believe that and when
2: you don't make a decision, you are making a decision. Yeah. You're making a decision not to act. And, and I think also thinking about, you know, that relationship between somebody who's in a leadership position or maybe outranks you. Um, I think that sometimes it is better for that person. That person might actually have more experience and more knowledge. And that person might be the one to make the call. Um, but sometimes, It takes a good leader, somebody in that position, to recognize this other person, maybe they are they rank lower than me or I'm over them, but as a good leader, you recognize they possess the knowledge, the skills, the experience more than I do because they're the boots on the ground. They know what's going on, and so a good leader will say, I don't have to make every decision. Mm. A good leader recognizes who in this team, who in this position has the best – knowledge skill set experience to make the best decision and that is a decision of itself when a leader does that and so i think it's recognizing for the sake of the team for the sake of the mission for the sake of the organism um, who is in the best position to do that so everybody's making decision at some level to act to not act to delegate uh, to not delegate and so it's really about making the wisest decision so you,
0: you hit, you just described something called decentralized command. Mm-hmm. And that's where it falls on the leader to give you, you, if you're in that position, you have to empower your team members. You have to grant them the authority to do that by, and that's a, a verbal permission, but that's also ensuring that they have the tools, the knowledge and the equipment they need, right? So it it works both ways. That's beautiful, I think. In terms of what Blake talked about, the way the way that relationship between the leader and the whoever's making the the team member that that has the authority to make the decision, but they're they know that that the person they look up to or the leader may have some knowledge that would help make this decision better. The way that works is, the way that relationship works is you, me, as a young SEAL, I see a problem before I consult my leader that I know will help me with some information solving this problem, I come up with my own plan. I come up with a plan. How how do I think I can solve this problem? How do I think I can seize this opportunity in order to maximize the forward motion of the team or the mission? I come up with that plan. Then I go to that person above me. If I if I really see see a need for that, right? And I say, look, I've identified this problem. I've identified this opportunity. Let me brief you on this plan right here, right? You brief them on how you, and, and I guarantee you that leader is probably going to be a good plan. That leader might just give you some little minor critiques and then you run with it. And that's the perfect scenario, right? Because well, then you're getting input from two sides. You're taking the experience from the leader and you're plugging it into a plan that you made and you're not tying up whoever has the battlefield picture um, in the execution of this one single part of the mission. Yeah, and it's I mean, to to not consult the person you think may have a better idea is foolish on you yeah. at, at that point. And, Sometimes you don't have that luxury, but if you do yeah. have that luxury, it's a great thing. And there are things that you can, if you are part of the team and you see that, there are things you can let suffer. And let me tell you an example here at 307 Project. Chili needed to get some hats and shirts photographed, and Chad takes the pictures. Well, I knew how to get Chad to take the pictures, but I intentionally just did not. I gave him the stuff and asked him one time, and it went on, and it went on, and he never got them. Well, Chili realized, crap. I guess Chad's not going to take these. And I've got I've got these shirts here, and I've got to get them listed. So he photographed them and put them up. They're not to the same quality, but they're the same thing. And not I'm not saying I was trying to teach you a lesson, but I'm just saying that, like, we gave you that power, and you get them up, and you got them up, you know? Well, I mean. Chili's grown so much. He has. <laughs> Chili has grown so but, much. But that's. Well, I, I would just have done it to, a long
1: time ago. I just. Uh, I I figured I'd. I would rather have the correct photo on there, but yeah. I can't make him do it. But I just want—I wanted
0: you to beg me for that photo, Chilly, <laughs> and I—and <laughs> I wasn't fitting to do that. But I, I that even, was where we could let, like, yeah. I mean, it would have been good to get him up and get him out, but, but like, I—you realizing that you have that power, and I don't know, you may maybe you didn't even learn anything from it. But I just want to tell this as an example that you can let suffer, you can let some income be delayed and it's fine. Like if someone can learn a lesson, even though whatever you let happen is delayed, if they learn a lesson and it makes them more valuable to either business or relationship or personally, it's fine to do that. Yeah. Not that that was the case here, but this
1: example just fits. Yeah. I ain't going to beg you.
0: Uh, I'm just so passionate about this, and, and, and I hope it's clear to the listener, this this complete mindset shift. I'm so passionate about this because I spent the first two years of my career in the SEAL teams being a liability because I had not had this mindset shift. And then when I had the mindset shift, I could actually be a productive member of my SEAL team. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything for me. And it has changed everything. for the This mindset shift has changed everything for the course of my life. It really has. That It's just a such a key, man, such a key to success. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there are other people that, that break this stuff down. I think Jocko Willink does a really good job at breaking this down. I would actually like to read his book. His book has been uh, extremely successful, the Extreme Ownership book. Shout out to Jocko. Um, I would like to read it because I think he breaks these topics down to the to the very minutiae of it right so you might need to order those for us blake yeah we we get the concept, but I would like to to get his take on it, but it's just so so important does anybody else have anything they would like to say on this podcast?
2: no I was just thinking one more thing off of the um and you may want to wrap it up but off of the decision making i think it's not even thinking so much in terms, am I willing to make a decision as much as, am I willing to take responsibility? Because really what Mm. a decision is, is a commitment to take responsibility for something. Wow. And so I think, you know, a lot of the reason people, I think people get paralyzed because they think, oh, it's somebody else's job, but probably a lot of it is just fear and fear for, like, I think it was mentioned earlier, making the wrong decision But you've got to be willing not to make a decision. You've got to be willing to take responsibility for the good and the bad. Mm. And if I mess up. So I think decision making is tied very closely to responsibility. Wow. We saw
0: that at the Proving Ground. Remember? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. (sighs) So, yeah.
0: Gosh, Krista. Yeah. My gosh. She brings it, man. You know, that's the beautiful thing about having all four of us on these conversations is you get to hit it. My angle is just one angle, and it's insufficient to get the entire picture. It's the hammer. Because I get hyper-focused on one angle, right? Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Chad's the two-pound hammer, (laughs) handheld hammer. Well, I feel much better today. I got to come out against Bojangles and obesity. Um, I'll probably be exhausted for the rest of the day. Um, and uh, and you lost at CrossFit. That probably feels good. Yeah. True. Well, I'm back into running mode. Yeah, I
2: noticed how that didn't get mentioned. At all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many rounds did you guys get? Strange, isn't it?
2: How many rounds did you? Get? I got
0: nine and a half. Dang, that's good.
2: I finished nine.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I only got halfway through eight. Chili, I know you didn't count. <laughs> oh, I did. How many did you get? Six. <laughs> <laughs> well, that ain't bad for a gimp. <laughs> <laughs> Old Gimpy. Oh man! All right, uh, we got uh, we got Stephanie coming on the podcast um, on Saturday, um, so that'll be this will be today's Sunday. That'll be I think that's gonna be a great conversation with her. Yeah, um, we might have Brooks sit in on that too. Um, so I'm super pumped about that guys thank you for listening to the show if you got anything out of it please share the show man we this that's the only way the show grows is by word of mouth and you guys sharing it um on social media but most especially word of mouth uh, i think that is just such a a depth of uh, of meaning when you can tell somebody about the show we would appreciate that and if you want to continue to support this the 307 podcast and the 307 project and all that we do Uh, Join us on Patreon. Patreon, we do a special call three Sundays per month called Resurrected. We have an amazing group on there. It's just unbelievable. This past Sunday was just unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's great. I mean, everybody contributes. Everybody shares where they're at, um, what's going on, good and bad. And it impacts me tremendously. Uh, So... If you want to join us on there, the link to Patreon is in the show notes of this episode. (sighs) Chili, you suck. Nuff said.